You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Happy Thursday to you. We got a lot to get into here today on the podcast. The Bills have signed three new players, Bobby Hart, an offensive lineman, and two linebackers, Tyrell Adams and Markel Lee. We got to talk about those signings, what they bring to the table, tell you all about these football players that are now on the Bills roster. And then later in the podcast, I am going to have a conversation with Kyle Trimble, a doctor of physical therapy, to help us understand the injury history of the new Buffalo Bills players. So we're going to talk about Matt Breida, Emmanuel Sanders, Jacob Hollister had a bruised lung. We're going to get into these guys and get everything we need to know from the injury standpoint on these new Buffalo Bills players. But let's start with Bobby Hart, an offensive lineman that the Bills signed to a one-year contract. He's 26 years old. He turns 27 in August. He was a seventh-round pick of the New York Giants in 2015. He is out of Florida State. He was a two-year starter for Florida State before he was drafted in the seventh round by the New York Giants. He has been a primary starter at right tackle in four of his seven NFL seasons so far, including each of the last three seasons with the Cincinnati Bengals. So he spent the first three seasons of his NFL career with the New York Giants. He was released following the 2018 season, and then he signed with the Bengals shortly after he was released, and it was originally a one-year deal. He became a starting right tackle for the Bengals, and then they signed him to a three-year, $16.5 million contract extension entering the 2019 season, and then he was released in March, and now he's a Buffalo Bill. Going back to his entry into the league, I can tell you that I was pretty low on him coming out of college. I didn't like his college tape. I didn't think that he would become um, you know, a starter or even a quality backup. And the fact that he's already started 66 games in the NFL, I think that says a lot about his ability to overachieve and have a better career than I ever thought he would. Um, part of my concern with Bobby Hart coming out of college and has been a problem for him in the NFL is that he's an exceptionally poor athlete relative to offensive tackles in the NFL. So he's got good size, 6'5", 329 pounds, 33-inch arms, but this athletic testing is just awful. He ran a 5'6", 140-yard dash. That's in the third percentile. He had a 1.96-second 10-yard split, which is in the one percentile. He had a 27-inch vertical. That's 36th percentile. 7-foot, 11-inch broad jump, 13th percentile. He had a 5-1-5 20-yard short shuttle, which is in the 2 percentile. He had an 8-0-8 three-cone drill, which is in the 20th percentile, and then 22 bench press reps, which is 33rd percentile. So you're talking awful when it comes to 40, 10, short shuttle, <laughs> three-cone, 
broad jump. I mean, he's got like below average in the vert in the in the bench press. I mean, just not a very polished athlete, a guy that's very explosive. And if you watch him play, that shows up. He's a guy that really struggles to take away speed off the edge, and then he also gets beat on the inside. You know, he's just not a very good athlete, and he's reliant on power and technique, and, you know, those are not things that he has at a high level either. He struggled. There's no question. If you talk to any Bengals fan, if you talk to any Giants fan, they will tell you that Bobby Hart was a liability for them. And like I said, he started a lot more games so far in his career than I ever anticipated that he would, but he's been on the field a lot and he's really, really struggled. In fact, his best season was 2020, like last year. He's coming off his best season. Anyone would tell you that 2020 was by far Bobby Hart's best season in the NFL. Well, he allowed 44 pressures in 2020, 44, and that's 44 in 13 starts not even a full season, 44 pressures. So how does that compare to the Buffalo Bills and what's normal for an amount of pressures given up in a season? You have to go back to 2016 to find a Buffalo Bills offensive lineman that gave up more than 40 pressures in a single season, and that was courtesy of Jordan Mills back in 2016. Before that, It was Santrell Henderson in 2014, and before that, Demetrius Bell in 2010. It's only happened three times in the last 10 seasons of Buffalo Bills football, and Bobby Hart, in the best season of his career, in 13 starts, allowed 44 pressures. He's been a liability, and I understand the Bills didn't sign this guy to come in and be the starting right tackle. But he's in the mix in terms of a backup role, and I don't like the idea that there's a course at all that this guy could step on the field for the Buffalo Bills. I'm not going to try to put lipstick on a pig here, folks. I am not high on Bobby Hart as a football player. There's another layer to this conversation, and I'm not going to dig too deep into it. You can look this up and research it for yourself, but Bobby Hart is a really weird personality has some really strange remarks that he's made, some really weird social media habits. Look it up for yourself. You'll find it. Just do a quick Google search. You'll see it. But I don't necessarily get the warm fuzzies about him as a culture fit and how he's going to step into this locker room and really mesh and gel with the guys. So I don't like him as a player, and I think he's a weird dude. So how does he fit? Well, He's competition for Ryan Bates as the backup offensive tackle. Ty Insecki's a Dallas Cowboy. The Bills don't have that luxury anymore of knowing that you have Ty Insecki in your back pocket that can come in and play if Deion Dawkins or Darrell Williams gets injured. I think the team really likes Ryan Bates. If you listen to Sal Capaccio on the Spot Rack podcast a few weeks ago, he talked about... Ryan Bates and how the team potentially looked at him as a starter if Darrell Williams was not coming back. Like if he walked, they couldn't get a deal done. Sal had some level of confidence that the Bills believed in Ryan Bates as a potential starter at right tackle. So I think Bates is still the primary backup at offensive tackle, 
but Bobby Hart exists right now to give him some competition. So I don't think Bobby Hart is a roster lock at this point, but he's definitely in the mix. And when you look at this Bills offensive line and the depth, there's more moves coming here. There's going to be more offensive line moves made, whether that's free agents or draft picks. Because the Bills have their starting five, Dawkins, Ford, Morse, Feliciano, and Williams. Ryan Bates is a key backup. Ike Bakker is back, but he's a restricted free agent. So another team could match the offer, and the Bills could lose out on Ike Bakker. Right now, so far, so good. But he's not a guaranteed back, but let's operate under the assumption right now that he is. Those are your top seven offensive linemen. Then you get into the Bobby Hart and Jordan Devies of the world. Those are your nine offensive linemen in addition to Trey Adams, who I don't think is a roster-worthy player. So you have 10 offensive linemen right now in the mix. And your three primary backups are Bates, Bakker, Hart, and Devi. I think more is going to happen here. There's going to be more moves, more offensive linemen brought in to challenge the depth of the group. The other layer to this that we have to be mindful of is Brandon Bean's wizardry when it comes to flipping bad offensive linemen for draft picks. He was able to get draft picks for Marshall Newhouse and Russell Bodine. And I think of Bobby Hart in the same light as I do Marshall Newhouse and Russell Bodine. Some team out there could value Bobby Hart's experience in the NFL as a 66-game starter that is 27 years old and be desperate for depth on the offensive line and give the Bills a 6th or a 7th round pick to get him. We've seen it happen with Bodine and Newhouse, so it's not that crazy of an idea. So at the end of the day, I don't love this move. I'm also not counting on much from Bobby Hart. There'd be a high level of disappointment from me if he wound up being the primary backup at offensive tackle. There's a chance he doesn't even make this team. But when you really kind of look at this, we're talking about potentially the eighth or ninth offensive lineman on the roster and a guy that is relatively young with a lot of experience. And, you know, maybe Buffalo can maximize the talent that's within Bobby Hart to get a reasonable backup but again I'm not I'm not counting on much here when it comes to Bobby Hart being on this football team. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. 
We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on every single bar. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness, and they're having a tournament to figure out which one is the best flavor. And folks, today is the championship round. You got to go vote and make that choice on which Built Bar is the best. If you want to, go to BuiltBar.com or find Built Bar on Twitter to vote for your choice and crown the champion. And remember, use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order over at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's talk about these two linebackers that the Buffalo Bills signed, Tyrell Adams and Markel Lee. We'll start with Tyrell Adams. 28 years old. He turns 29 in April. He was an undrafted free agent in 2015 out of West Georgia. And this guy has been around. He's played for a lot of teams and a lot of teams more than once. In 2015, he started off with the Seahawks. Then he was cut and went to the Chiefs. Was cut, went back to the Seahawks. Was cut and then went back to the Chiefs. He started 2016 on the Chiefs, got cut, and then went to the Raiders. In 2017, he started the year with the Raiders, got cut, He actually then signed with the Bills, but he failed a physical, so the deal never went through. Then he goes to the Colts in 2018, gets cut, goes to the Texans, gets cut, goes to the 49ers, gets cut, and goes back to the Texans late in 2018, and he actually stayed there in 2019 and 2020. So most recently, he played for the Houston Texans. We'll get into that more in just a moment. Checking in on his size and athleticism, he is 6'2", 228 pounds with 33 and a half inch arms. He ran a 464 40 yard dash. That's the 72 percentile. 1.54 second 10 yard split. That's the 89th percentile. So very good long speed and quickness. Um, vertical jump was 33 inches. That's 41 percentile. Nine foot six inch broad jump, which is in the 37th percentile. Seven seconds flat in the three cone, 65th percentile. 4.38 in the 20-yard short shuttle, which is the 57th percentile. And then a number that truly blew my mind. He had eight reps of 225 pounds in the bench press. That is the zero percentile. That is terrible. So good speed, decent jumps, decent agilities, and I don't even know what to do with eight reps on the bench press. That's that's unheard of for a linebacker. But um, this is a guy, like we've talked about, he's been around – a lot of different destinations since 2015. He's played in 37 total games, 14 starts. 12 of those starts came in 2020 last year with the Houston Texans, and that wasn't a good football team, and it was especially bad on defense. So, you know, make of that what you will. But he was really productive. He had 125 tackles. That was the 12th most in the NFL. The 12th leading tackler in the NFL season was Tyrell Adams. He had five tackles for loss, two sacks, four pass breakups, two forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery. And he's also very experienced when it comes to all phases of special teams. So you get a 29-year-old linebacker that's been around, that has decent size and athleticism, experienced on special teams, and it's coming off his best year in the NFL where he started 12 games and racked up some statistics here and, and you know certainly made a lot of plays, a lot of tackles. So how does he fit this team, the Buffalo Bills? What's his role? Well, it's depth. He's competition for Andre Smith and Tyrell Dotson. 
And before the Bills signed Tyrell Adams or Markel Lee, who are both veterans, there was a very clear path to the roster for both Tyrell Dotson and Andre Smith. So this is Brandon Bean doing a good job of making sure that he has competition for the bottom of his roster to make sure that those guys earn it. And if they don't, Adams and Lee are going to come in here and take those jobs. So really good job here by Brandon Bean to make sure that the right players on the roster have competition. So you know, Ryan Bates gets the competition he needs in Bobby Hart. And then in the form of Tyrell Adams and Markel Lee, you get competition for guys like Tyrell Dotson and Andre Smith. Let's talk about Markel Lee, 25 years old. He turns 26 in October, was a fifth round pick by the Raiders in 2017 out of Wake Forest. Six foot three, 235 pounds, 32 and a half inch arms, 478 in the 40 yard dash, 162 in the 10 yard split, 31 inch vertical jump, nine foot eight in the broad jump, 728 in the three cone, 433 in the short shuttle and he had 25 reps of 225 pounds. So he's a very pedestrian to below average athlete uh, when it comes to the norms for linebackers in the NFL. Now, I think it's very impressive that in 2017, as a rookie, a fifth-round pick, he won the inside linebacker job for the Raiders, and their head coach was Jack Del Rio at the time, who, you know, longtime NFL linebacker, kind of known for working with linebackers. This guy comes in and is the starting inside linebacker for the Raiders as a rookie as a fifth-round pick. Now, unfortunately, an ankle injury forced him to miss three games, and then while he was out of the lineup, the Raiders signed Navarro Bowman, and the dude took his job. Then in 2018, he comes back, plays in 16 games with 10 starts. Then in 2019, he was limited to just five games and three starts with an ankle injury, and then he was waived at the start of 2020 in August because he failed his physical, didn't play anywhere in 2020, and now he's on the Buffalo Bills. So just like I said with Tyrell Adams and and a few other times already, Markel Lee comes in, provides depth behind Tremaine Edmonds, and makes sure that Andre Smith and Tyrell Dotson have the competition that they need to either prove it and earn a spot on the roster, or they don't, and the Bills have contingency plans in place with veterans in the form of Mark Kelly and Tyrell Adams. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL seasons are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, and they have real-time updated props and odds on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the new scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. It's not a game week Friday, but I am joined by Kyle Trimble, doctor of physical therapy. He runs Banged Up Bills. You can follow him on Twitter at Banged Up Bills. And he is the guy that I talk to whenever I can when I need information about Buffalo Bills injuries and it's been a couple months since we spoke so I, I certainly hope that everyone on your end is happy and healthy welcome Kyle thank you for having me on again Joe everybody is happy and healthy and I hope the same for you yeah we're, we're doing great and um, 
It's been a fun offseason, and now that we have a new set of Bills players that have injury histories, they play football, there's injuries in football, it's part of the deal. I want to get caught up on some of these new players, and I want to actually start by looking at this team coming out of this season, coming out of this 2020 season. They played a lot of games, right, all the way to the AFC Championship game. But when I compare it to the 2019 season, I at least noticed something very different. Coming out of 2019, Kyle, it felt like player after player after player, we were learning that they were having some type of surgery. You know, you're seeing social media posts of these guys, you know, all kind of wrapped up and coming out of, you know, procedures. This year, you don't really see anything. And I don't think it's a fair assumption that everyone's healthy and nobody needed any postseason, you know, cleanups or surgeries. And then I think back to coming out of 2019, you know, the investigation when it came to Jerry Hughes and were the Bills reporting stuff or not reporting stuff. Could this just be an example of the Bills kind of learning some lessons from last year and everyone's staying tight-lipped? Or is it fair to assume that, um, you know, there's stuff that is going on that has not been reported? It was a good question that you brought up uh, prior to coming on the uh, pod with us here it could be both. It could certainly be both. There could be certainly more tight lipped. We know that not a lot escapes one bill's drive like it used to under past regimes. So there's a distinct possibility that guys just aren't talking about it. I know we did get some snippets here and there from whether guys need surgery or not. I know that Zach Moss for sure did have a surgery because that was reported. He had the procedure and he's going through rehab on Instagram. So that's the only one I know for sure. But we knew that Cole Beasley had had a fractured uh, fibula, um, a partial one at least, and that just needed time to rehab and recover. Uh, we know Josh Allen had suffered a shoulder injury. He said at the time he didn't need any uh, so- shoulder surgery like I thought he would have. And it's very possible they just said it's not a big deal. We can you know move on from there. Uh, there's other guys who have certainly were dealing with things that they could have needed cleanups that they just weren't public enough. They're not on social media or if the team didn't want to announce it, but that Jerry Hughes investigation definitely might've put the lid on a lot of things, which we have found out after the fact that guys do get surgeries when maybe they're not participating in OTAs or they start coming back and suddenly they're reported, Oh, they had off season procedure for this. The two I'm thinking is Cole Beasley and Mitch Morse when they signed with the team uh, two years ago and they had uh uh, core muscle repair. So it's something we might hear about, you know, later in April when they start coming back together in OTAs is something that, you know, maybe they just got better with regards to managing these injuries. There was less things that need repair. You always seem to find that there's more injuries that pop up later and more details that we just had no idea that they're dealing with until after the fact. So I'd like to think that they stayed healthy, but it's football. It's hundred percent injury rate sport. People probably dealt with something they just didn't want to tell us about. Yeah, I'm guessing once the the players are back in the facilities and there's some type of organized team activities, we may get some more information on that side of things. Kyle, let's talk about some of these new Buffalo Bills players that have stuff to mention when it comes to injuries and things we should be mindful of with them entering their first season with the team. I'd like to start with running back Matt Breida. Obviously, the hope is that he can bring some speed and pass-catching ability to the Buffalo Bills' backfield. But uh, what should we know about him when it comes to injuries? As my friend, uh, Dr. David Chow, puts it, he's a cyborg. That's probably the best 
description of Matt Breida. And the reason he mentions him as cyborg is because he's like part human and part robot. This guy has had so many injuries. I don't know how he's on the field. When I'm when I was going through this on Buffalo Rumblings, if you want to go check out that article, I'm looking through his injury history and I'm amazed that the guy gets up every week and plays. Uh, I'm going to go back out to high school here, but he broke his forearm in high school. There's freshener uh, during JV gets to Georgia Southern works through uh, what appeared to be two shoulder injuries during his time in college. He also had, which was a torn labrum and he also had an ankle injury. which There wasn't a ton of details about gets to the 49ers is healthy. The first year he's there. And then 2018 is where like everything hit the fan form. Yeah. Separate shoulder in the preseason, suffered a knee hyperextension week three, suffered a shoulder subluxation dislocation week four. I don't know whether that was related to the previous injuries he had in college. He had uh, a few ankle sprains. One was termed a bit ankle sprain, which I don't like that term is either low or high ankle sprain, but uh, he battled through a lot of the high ankle stuff in the 2018 season. He missed, um, he missed a few games with that, but he, he hasn't missed a ton of time during his time uh, in the NFL and then going to 2019 season, slightly torn pectoral muscle, another ankle injury. He missed three games then, hamstring injury, COVID uh, for 2019-2020. The best way I describe it is if you go look at Taiwan Jones' injury history, which I've detailed out on Banged Up Bills and on Buffalo Rumblings, some of these guys just get up and just keep moving along. I don't know how they do it, but they're not working through paper cuts and hangnails. They're working through some serious injuries. So the fact he gets back out there and you know continues to keep playing, it's incredible. He's he's missed seven games over three years, minus his rookie year there. So it didn't really move the needle for me when I was looking at how he's going to impact the Bills. I would say he's definitely an upgrade over TJ Yeldon, but where are you going to fit him in on the field? I suppose if you take away the Andre Roberts role, put Matt Breida in, sure. But if he gets injured, yeah, he's going to get out there and play. It's probably the mark of the UDFA saying, hey, if I don't play, then somebody's going to take my job. But even if he does get injured, he does get out there. Just it's incredible what he played through in order to still be where he's at. Well, it doesn't appear that he's going to come in and be the focal point of the backfield. So hopefully the Bills can manage him effectively to get the most out of him this coming season. Let's move on to Emmanuel Sanders, the guy that's going to come in and replace John Brown, 34 years old. Hopefully you don't have a whole lot to say here when it comes to his injury history. He's had a nice bell curve of injuries. So he started off uh, in his rookie year with like a foot fracture and meniscus tears. And then he kind of started leveling out as he got more into the his career. And then that 2015 season with the Broncos when they won the Super Bowl, yeah, AC joint sprain, left high ankle sprain, uh, another ankle sprain, bone bruises. He had a torn Achilles and uh, with the Broncos 2018 season. So he's had a share of injuries. He is an older receiver, but then he's kind of, um, I don't want to say petered out, but it's kind of gone down on the other side where he's been able to stay more healthy. Uh, for 2018, he only missed four games uh, due to the torn uh, left Achilles. And then he also had a tightrope procedure on the right ankle. Um, from previous injuries. And then he had missed any games due to uh, in 2019. Uh, he did suffer some rib cartilage damage, and then he only missed two games due to COVID in 2020. So he's kind of gone through the whole gamut. If you had looked at him 2015, 16, 17, I'd say, yeah, 
he's getting beat up too much. He's at the end, but he's kind of recovered nicely and found his niche as just getting out there doing his doing. He's either taking better care of his body or he's just kind of gone through, Hey, I know how to better manage this and he could be more available, which is what we need after we saw with what we dealt with John Brown. So for the money and the experience, I like the signing a lot. I'm sure a guy like Emmanuel Sanders is quite anxious and, and happy to extend his career in Buffalo where so much has been said about the training staff and the facilities and how coach McDermott and the, and the staff manages these veterans. You know, I'm thinking that this is a really good place for Sanders to be at this point in his career. Let's shift gears to a guy that I hope we don't see play at all. And that's Mitchell Trubisky, but I sure am glad he's on the team as an upgrade to Matt Barkley behind Josh Allen. What do you have to say about Mitchell Trubisky's injury past? He's dealt with some shoulders in the past, so he has definitely uh, torn his labrum on the left shoulder. Thankfully, that was his non-throwing shoulder. It did require off-season surgery. He did have uh, two injuries to his right shoulder. Uh, 2018 was an AC joint sprain, which is a separated shoulder. And then the 2020, it wasn't as clear. Uh, it seemed like it was a possible AC joint sprain again. Um, there was reports that from Adam Schefter saying he injured his rotator cuff and labrum, but he didn't need any surgery for any of that stuff there. So it might've just been minor and can heal up on its own, at least from the rotator cuff aspects of it. So both times he had those injuries with the shoulders, he was on design running plays. And, uh, I didn't go back and look at the exact plays, but they were probably similar to the type of injury Josh Allen had this year, where he was coming out of the pocket during the Raiders game and fell and hurt his shoulder. So, uh, we know that Mitchell Trubisky didn't really have all the tools at his disposal with the Bears, uh, minus Allen Robinson. But we don't expect him to see the field anyway. But he's definitely a huge upgrade from Matt Barkley. And when he can get out there, he does have the tools to be able to at least be a game manager and keep the team, team in the game and hopefully win a game or two if Josh Allen does go down. Knock on wood, hoping that he doesn't. All right, so Jacob Hollister, the new tight end that the Bills signed from the Seattle Seahawks, he has a bruised lung in his past. Now, listen, man, I'll tell you, that's, that seems like that's near the top of things I don't want to ever have happen to me. What's up with a bruised lung when it comes to Jacob Hollister? He, he got a chest injury when he was with the Patriots. It resulted in bruised lung. I don't have the link in front of me, but I believe he said he was coughing up blood at one point so imagine how hard you have to get hit to be bruising your lung and coughing up blood which is something so he only missed two games from that which is incredible to think about it. i mean that's the kind of stuff you see in trauma like motor vehicle accidents serious falls things like that uh that same season he was also dealing with a recurrent hamstring strain uh that was not specified what side it was prior to week one then it kind of kept on recurring throughout the time and eventually got he put a was put on playoffs or excuse me, put on injured reserve prior to the playoffs and he missed 10 total games. So outside of the 2018 season, he's been pretty healthy. It just seemed like he had real bad luck when it came to literally getting the stuffing knocked out of him uh, in 2018. Yikes. All right. So I want to get to these two linebackers that the Bills signed yesterday, actually Markel Lee and Tyrell Adams. Uh, do want to mention at least F.A. Obata, Matt Hack, or Matt Hawk, excuse me, and Brandon Powell. We we talked about them before we started recording today and determined there wasn't anything noteworthy with those three players. But uh, as far as Adams and Lee go, what do you have on those two linebackers? 
Adams has been frustrating. I can't find anything on the guy. I mean, we know he's bounced around the league a whole bunch. We do know that the Bills brought him in at one point with uh, to be signed to the 53 man roster in 2017, but they failed him in his physical. I don't know why. There hasn't. I have not found an injury that shown why he either failed the physical or what he had that led to all this here. Uh, he's been waived by the Colts with an injury designation. He went to IR with the Texans, but nothing specifies what he did. Uh, I haven't gone back to look at the, the tape for the Texans, but there wasn't anything on the week-to-week injury reports on the NFL.com website that says this is what was going on there. So uh, it's definitely interesting that I can't find anything on him, and I want to know why the Bills failed him 2017, and of course they want to bring him back now. Uh, I will note that the only thing that's changed in that time frame is I think the head athletic trainer and one or two other people in the medical department switched out, but most of the medical staff is still there. So it's not like they had maybe more liberal doctors or, or changing things where they're looking at things differently. So I'm going to keep looking. If I find anything, it'll be on Buffalo rumblings, but if not, it's just something interesting. I can't find anything on the guy. And then for Mark Ali, he played with the Raiders and he's had uh, what looks like two ankle high ankle sprains. Uh, one on each side, and that definitely cost him uh, some time in 2019 and uh, sometime in 2017. So it definitely, I think, led to the Raiders letting him go because he couldn't stay on the field. But if he gets away from not getting his ankles rolled up on, he could be a nice piece for the Bills to use uh, as depth if he makes a roster. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today here on the podcast. I know at the end of the Wednesday pod, I said we were going to talk draft on today's podcast, but after I said that, Brandon Bean went out and signed Bobby Hart, Tyrell Adams, and Mark Kelly, and suddenly we had to pivot and, and discuss those players like we did today here on the podcast. So unless Brandon Bean goes crazy again on Thursday, it is my intent that we're going to have a draft discussion for the Friday podcast where I'm going to dump a lot of my thoughts regarding the Bills and the 2021 NFL Draft on the podcast. So don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed, rate, review, and share the podcast. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.